Hello, welcome to this month's episode of Found Sounds. Um, this month's featured guest is Koof Ivy, and uh, I'm really excited to interview him and talk to him about his music and all the other cool things he does. Before we get started, I uh, want to make sure to take a second to ask for your support to you know share the podcast. Uh, on social media and to take a look at our Patreon page. If you go over to Patreon and search for Found Sounds, uh, we have a page there. This is, uh, you know, the podcast for me is really just trying to support the music scene here in Philadelphia and uh, any support that we can get to do that is uh, very helpful. Um, before we listen to the first piece of Koof's, let's... I'd like to introduce him a little bit. Uh, I first uh, met Koof when he was playing with the West Philly Orchestra. Uh, he was a member of the West Philly Orchestra for 10 years, uh, but has since uh, moved on to other things. Um, Koof and I have recently connected because he does a lot of loops with uh, trumpet effects and like pedals and putting the trumpet through pedals and looping them and it's a lot of fun. We both like to do the same sort of thing there. Um, Koof is also a photographer and videographer and the curator of the Random Tea Sessions which are up on YouTube. And so if you go to YouTube and take a, is that where they are Koof? Yeah, okay cool. So if you go to YouTube and take a look at uh, look up Random Tea Sessions, there's a lot of cool music there um, from folks around Philly. And he's also, you know, a composer and actively recording his music and adding things to his Bandcamp page and his Instagram, which we'll make sure to get his Instagram later so we can check it out. Um, and next, we're go before we get started with Koof, I want to listen to a piece of his. So the first piece of Koof's that we're going to listen to is on his Bandcamp page. It's called Daydream Catcher. It's a live recording, and we're going to link to the piece in the show notes. So if you would like, you can go uh, support Koof there at his Bandcamp page. Um, so this is Daydream, Daydream Catcher, and we'll chat with Koof a little bit about it right after this.
Hey, Koof. <laughs> hey. That was really nice. Thank you. Especially here in this like sunroom, a nice little, I think Daydream was like perfect, uh, perfect name for that. Yeah. Nice vibe. Sounds like you have like a whole orchestra going in there. I'm trying to get all the, the bases covered. How, how do you do it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just blow into a trumpet, step on some pedals and cool stuff happens. Voila. Yeah. Nice. You don't even have to know how to play the trumpet or the pedals. Just <laughs> go for it. Just go for it. Yeah. yeah. The uh, You were like mentioning, I think that might be like an interesting thing to share what you mentioned while we were listening about like there's a little, what might have been a malfunction, but like was really a nice uh, opportunity. Yeah. I can't remember where I read this quote, but, and I'm probably going to mess up the quote, improv improvisation is the art of recovery yeah yeah so like halfway through that song the beat changes mm -hmm. um and this was a live performance at the moss building mm -hmm. last summer for this um for this pop-up dinner cool so i was in the middle of the song I had this loop going and i was like pressing some buttons and yeah. the loop pedal that i have is really good for a lot of things but has definitely like maxed out or like glitched out um in the middle of a few things mm -hmm. not too many live performances but in my room it does that a <laughs> lot when i'm like recording too much uh -huh. so halfway through it glitched out and like cut my loop into like a quarter of what it was or half of what it was mm -hmm. but like not on the beat right it was it was close enough to the beat that i could recover and it like made this really interesting loop that i just went with and it turned into the second half of the song and it like changes everything yeah. up and yeah i just had to build it on top of this glitchy loop yeah that's great it's sort of it's like it's funny you know with improvisation sometimes you have a preconception of what's going to happen and then you get a nice little surprise and you have to, you, you, all your preconceptions have to be gone to, to do the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like you recovered real nicely. Yeah. I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm good at recovering. <laughs> <laughs> what, what got you started with these, uh, with like the trumpet loops and the pedals and the, your, the thing you're doing? Um, I think the first pedal, I got was a wah pedal mm. um, years ago just because they they apparently just float around they made too many wah pedals so everyone has one <laughs> or everyone wanted to have that yeah that style yeah um, but that was sorry that's Coltrane the dog uh, yeah. flopping around a little bit that's alright that's a good place to start because that's where, like where Miles started with uh, pedals yeah. So, yeah, obviously Miles was the first to, well, maybe not the first, but like the biggest right. to go electric right. at some point. And he was really good at staying in the news because he would just go electric or go hip hop or <laughs> go to France. I don't know. Make a bunch of people mad. Yeah, make so many people mad. <laughs> That's how you get them talking. <laughs> um, so, yeah, hearing that. And then I think Don Ellis also 
or Don Don Elias. I mm. heard someone pronounce it Donald. No, maybe that was a different person. Don Ellis is a mm. trumpet player. Yeah, he had a big band. Right, and he would lead it with like electronic trumpet and do some nice, really interesting things. Cool. So just hearing that wah effect on a trumpet without having to use a plunger or use your hand mm-hmm. was really interesting. And now I'm a little bit over that wah effect. Right. Just because, I don't know, the wah pedal. And this is another thing we should talk about, like looking into pedals and realizing that they're all definitely built for and demonstrated by guitar players. So right. I've done a lot of researching over the past year of like what pedal should i get and Mm -hmm. what do they sound like and it's always guitar players doing it sure um and yeah i don't know if they've made any pedals specifically catering to to instrumentalists really right they've made some for vocalists and those are like they're all right but they're still you can tell that they're electronic and mm-hmm. a little bit glitchy. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, I think there are some companies that are making some pedals that are like geared towards not just guitar players, but also like instrumentalists or sound design. I think Maris does that some, but they also tend to be a little pricier. They're yeah. not they're not your your run of the mill. They're not pedal. your good old boss pedal right. for hundred right, exactly. something. Right. Yeah. Those are definitely like dominated by the guitar players, but I think it's fun to find our own way to work our, ourselves into that situation. Yeah. And yeah, I think like you're right. The wah pedal is like miles is like definitely like emulating some guitar sounds, but then starting from the, going from there, you can find all sorts of sounds that are all sorts of other places. Yeah. It took me a while to realize and get, Realize that so much of like a live sound is the delay of the room. Mm. And when you're emulating that through a microphone, you need a good kind of delay. It just adds that, mm. that richness. Or yeah, like this, that. this piece we listened to, how was that recorded with like a room mic or, or some line? Yeah, actually this um, Zoom H4N. Oh, nice. For most of my recordings on Bandcamp. It's just the Zoom set up in a corner. Nice. Recording the, the live room sound. That's good. So most of the live raw um, EPs mm-hmm. sound like my bedroom from last year. Nice. And this one sounds like the Moss building a little bit. Cool. Yeah, you can hear some uh, glasses clinking and people in the background. Yeah. Have you played the Moss Building or been to the Moss Building? No, I'm trying to think. Like, how do I... the Moss Building? Something like Fifth and Gerard. I have not been. Or north of Gerard. Okay. It's nice. It's this like half outdoor, mm-hmm. but also indoor. I think they've done mostly weddings, or I've been there for mostly weddings, but they're doing a lot of fringe stuff this year. Okay. Or yeah. You know that group Almanac, who are like the modern day circus people? Oh, I haven't heard of them. Yeah, they're doing the show there. Okay. Is that the Instagram pics I saw you put up this weekend? Um, no. Lots of cool was, costumes. Oh, those costumes were for a music video for the band Snail Mail. Okay. Yes. Nice. You're, you're helping them shoot the video? Um, no, I was 
um, just doing playback. I was supposed to be just doing playback. And <laughs> if you know about playback for a music video, you just like sit near a computer and whenever they say action, you play the music so that the people can perform to it. Uh huh. And then when they say cut, you stop the music. Nice. And then I just like snuck around with my camera a lot. <laughs> cool. Yeah. That's fun. Um, should we listen to something else? Do you have something up your sleeve or should we chat a little bit more before you um, decide something? We can, we can chat a little bit more. I have. Okay. Yeah. I have to look at some of the cool. names of, of cause pieces. yeah. Cause the live raw or just 20 EPs that I put out last year of random music that I was recording or yeah. like my live streams that mm -hmm. I was doing on Instagram, mm -hmm. I started recording them and just kept putting them up. So I don't really know which one is which right now. That's okay. But, um, yeah. So that I like take it. That was like a byproduct of the pandemic. Yeah. That you might not have done otherwise. Yeah. It was just being at home and realizing there are so many people online that really wanted to connect and mm -hmm. at least just seem like they were out of their room or yeah see something different right so i was like i just have this thing that not many other people are doing sure well i, I thought until i saw you start you and marty and <laughs> everybody else in the world is doing it no i'm just kidding well, I think the like, I think the loops, and like, I, I think a lot of people are like stuck at home, and we're like, yeah. how do we, how do we like make music on our own? Who do I play with? How do I? And then you know, I I feel like I see a lot of horn players have been picking up pedals, so there's, which like maybe because because of like they see certain musicians they like do it, but also like everyone's stuck at home and looking for to entertain themselves also. Yeah. <laughs> Who have you seen doing it these days? I mean, I'm, I mostly was like, felt like I needed to like start looking at pedals when I was, was listening to Sam Gundell, the saxophone oh, player yeah. in LA that I'm, I like is, I think his music is really incredible. Um, and just the way he, that's a, sorry, that's cool. That's the one works. album you sent me. Yeah. The one, yeah. The album I sent you, I like have like listened to him too much. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't listened to it in like, two years but yeah. when it came out i was so into it yeah that was the only thing i was listening to right uh, he does it in like a really incredible tasteful way that that like you wouldn't know you wouldn't like the center is not like oh he's like a saxophone player doing pedal stuff he's just like making great music yeah so yeah and i think he's even i don't know he's he's a very adventurous musician so he jumps around a lot and he seems like he's even moved on from some of that stuff some but then he just did a thing with Moses Sumney that's really cool that had that has some of that harmonizer on it too. Nice. Yeah. You got something? All right, I think I got something. Nice. Um, this is Live Raw Eleven. Number eleven. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. So I'm pulling up Coos Bandcamp page. We're going to number eleven. All sorts of nice pictures on his Bandcamp page. So if you haven't checked out Coos Bandcamp page, go check it out. This well, is most of them are film pictures that I took. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. We can we'll talk about that too. 
All right, here is Live Raw 11. There are four tracks on here, so oh, I think you should just pick one, whichever I name sticks one. out to you. Um, For those that aren't on the Bandcamp page, there are four tracks. Yeah, so we got From Concrete, That's Somebody, Bungalow Jungalow. I was just like, amazing name. <laughs> and then Living My Life Like It's Stolen. I think I'm going to pick Bungalow Jungalow. I hoped that you would pick that one.
Can you say? Can you sing those lyrics for us, Koof? It's bungalow, bungalow, jungalow, <laughs> jungalow, bungalow, jungalow, bungalow. Nice. Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> I love it. So if you ever wondered what it's like to be a fly on the wall in Koof's room, <laughs> that's what it sounds like. Exactly what it sounds like most of the time. I like it. It's got a mic set up in the corner. So it's like you're in the room with him. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, before we listen to that, we were talking, you were talking about pictures and film. Yes, I was. And I was like thinking, we like had talked about doing this. And then I was like on the Keys website looking at like they had like a, a article about a show that Sun Ra was going to do. And I'm like looking at this amazing picture of Marshall Allen and whose name was, who got the photo credit in the corner, but Koof Ivy. Yeah. What? what? He's like taking serious pictures. <laughs> yeah. I was working for the key. It feels like so long ago, but it wasn't. Mm. I actually covered my last show. My last show was the last show at Johnny Brenda's, I think March 16th, mm. 2020. Mm. Um, and like, yeah, I just hadn't thought about, well, cause all I was doing was covering shows, going, taking photographs and then writing, doing a little write up about okay, it. Cool. And this past year and a half, there haven't been too many shows. So I just kind of put that out of my mind. Yeah. Um, and now I'm finally getting back to taking pictures, not cool. really covering shows yet, but right. Did you like, did you, when did like the, the photography stuff come into play for you? Was it like, like that's like a journalistic thing, but it seems like you're also just like taking pictures because you like taking pictures. Yeah. I feel like I've always liked taking pictures. Mm -hmm. Like I remember really wanting a Polaroid camera back when they were more popular, like middle school and high school. Mm -hmm. Um, I bought this one camera off of eBay. That was mm -hmm. like one of my first purchases cool. when I was in high school. Yeah. With like my, I don't know where I was, I was like doing daycare or something after school. Yeah. I saved up that money to buy a camera and I just, yeah, really liked taking pictures. Cool. I bought a camera that could do video when I was playing music on a cruise ship because there's this one island that has really cheap electronics. Oh. Um, St. Martin. Cool. Or St. Martin. They're mm -hmm. two different islands, and I can't remember which one it was right now. Yeah. Um, but then when I came back, I was living with um, this guy, Anthony Zagarella, who was a film major at UArts mm -hmm. and working on a bunch of different films. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just kind of cool. picked up as much as I could from him and started practicing that's great what's the allure i mean i've talked in a in a previous episode that there's a lauren packer dooney was making a lot of music with cassette tapes and so we talked some about how it was like cassettes are having like a bit of a resurgence yeah. and but you also mentioned that like the, some of the pictures on your Bandcamp page are taken with like film yeah and can you talk about some of the allure of that in the process yeah it's Kind of just textual, textural, text, textural. Yeah, you got it. Um, 
there's a lot of different there's a, a quote from one of my favorite shows community mm-hmm. where he's like uh yeah i got a i got a new camera it lets me change things that most people never will never realize or think about <laughs> and that's a little bit of it but mm-hmm. like with photos there's definitely is that sorry about that that's all right. there definitely is that um like nostalgic feel to mm-hmm. something and even the people that were born after the year 2000 are seeing that like and enjoying that nostalgic feel of mm-hmm. like all right pictures that i've seen from the 90s are an um our film and they look like a certain style and those clothes look cool and all the people look cool right um just like how well it's a little more no, it's, it's kind of obvious you can see the film grain mm-hmm. you can see the physical deterioration mm-hmm. um sometimes digital looks a little too pristine yeah in music like music production sometimes it sounds a little too pristine life's not perfect yeah Exactly. (laughs) And I feel like part of the trend that we're going through is realizing like, yeah, we've held these perfectly clean things up and put it on a pedestal for a while. Mm -hmm. And now we're going back to like, no, things kind of sound dirty. There are pops in it. Yeah. Cool. Kind of. I've been thinking about that band Krungbin. Oh, yeah. And... So like a trio, right? Guitar, bass, drums. Yeah. Yeah. And like struggling a little bit, but not too much. I like them, but I also, it also, they also sound too much like the seventies. <laughs> like it's a little too clean, Yeah. but dirty, like the, I don't know, they're dirtier seventies sound, but they're doing the cleanest version of it. Right. And it's like a little too perfect. Yeah. I don't know. There's, there's lots of artists we could say. Are that, yeah. yeah. There's a cognitive dissonance between like, this is dirty, but it's the cleanest version of it. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, they're really good, but they make me think. They make my, my brain go a little too much. Mm, interesting. Cool. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Film. <laughs> yeah. Film grain. Well, which takes us maybe to the random tea sessions. Yeah. How many of those have you done? It's been a while. I think there are at least 50 of them. That's a lot. Yeah. And that was, like I said, um, I started practicing doing video after, like, watching my roommate Mm -hmm. do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, Then I moved to the random tea room. I was living there for a little while. And like it was just hanging out in that space. What's the random tea room? It is a random tea room. The name, impl- nah. um, <laughs> it's a place on Fourth and Fairmount mm-hmm. in the Northern Liberties, and it just has it's like this small room with a great backyard, um, mostly wooden and like cork inside, mm-hmm. and it's just like. When it was open inside, it was just like this really nice meeting house, um, kind of niche meeting house, which I'm I'm realizing I appreciate more than like big coffee shops where everybody goes. It's right. like not every not everybody's going to go to a tea house mm. and hang out or even look at tea. 
Right. And I'm kind of realizing that where I am now, I work at Young American Cider on Germantown. Mm-hmm. Like, not everyone's going to go to a site, like a, a cider brewery. I guess you don't brew cider. But, yeah. I feel like there are, there are bros that go to breweries and coffee shops. Mm-hmm. And then there are real people that go to cideries <laughs> and tea shops. That's a mean thing to say, but... Different kind. My kind of people, Different kind, kind of, of people, yeah, go more to cideries and tea houses. Cool. I do still enjoy some beers and some coffees, but yeah, the sort of people that nourish you. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the tea room was doing shows and events, and I would go in there and sit um, and just hang out with all the baristas. Nice. And we were watching La Blagotech, the takeaway shows, hmm. and like tiny desk shows. Mm-hmm. And we we're just like, hey, we could do something like this yeah. in this space. And then we did it. Do you have like a top three random tea sessions that you, you might like Ooh. if someone was like going to go check some out? Like what might, what would I go look at? Or All right. To? Um, and this this list is not to exclude anybody else, but just off the top of Q's head in this moment. This is the definitive <laughs> list. I've been working on it for nine years. Um, no, I really like the way I like everything about the Lauren Scott random tea session. Mm-hmm. Like, I really love the song that she played, Webster. Mm-hmm. That was like my favorite song for a while before and after that shoot. Um, I like, we shot it outside in the backyard at like right after sundown and there are like Christmas lights and it just looks really magical. Mm-hmm. Like the reflection off of a guitar and yeah, everything looks great. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely one of my favorite Lauren Scott. Um, Joy Ike also performed as a duo with a cajon player and she plays baritone ukulele. I think it's a baritone. Yeah. And she just like, if you've ever seen Joy Ike perform, she just commands wherever she is. Cool. Um, And that was a really good song. I think it's called Promise, Promise Land. Um, And then what's another good one? Another good one that is underrated. I mean, all of them are underrated, but... um, Petia Zamfroba, or Petia Z, I think. Um, she was the lead singer for West Philly Orchestra. Um, and she, in that band, she mostly sings in like Bulgarian and Turkish and all of these different Eastern European languages. Um, and she was learning guitar and playing guitar a lot more. Mm-hmm. And she just came in and played this one song on guitar that she'd been working on in it. Sounds amazing. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. I got some listening to go to. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. But ask me tomorrow and my top three might change. Great. I'll ask you tomorrow too. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe we listen to one more. Um, um, do you want to pick something? Do you want me to pick something? I could let, if I pick something, just be random. I would, we wouldn't know what we were getting. I mean, I'm down with that. Yeah. If you want to find your it favorite is like picture. like in the spirit of, you know, the, like the name Found Sounds. Yeah. Is sort of like about, to me, some things that are a little more off the beaten path and that are like, 
I found sound is not sure what you're going to get all the time. Yeah. I'm going to go with the first time the highway flooded. That one's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a quick, like, I'm like, that's an interesting topic to talk about before we listen to it. Yeah. All right. We got a built in topic with the song title. Yeah. Right. What made you write this song? Um, Actually, don't tell anybody, but the song was written before the name was chosen. Really? Yeah. Wow. And then I just, I think I released it for last month's Bandcamp Friday. Okay. And it was just right after Hurricane Ida. Mm -hmm. That was like a pretty monumental thing in a lot of people. Well, should have been monumental in a lot of people's eyes. Sure. Of like how tenuous our grasp on this world is becoming. Yeah. And how much we've built all this stuff to try and control it. But like one little thing, well, not one little thing, but one act of uh, global weather can change a lot for us. Yeah. The first time that like, Philly has like, I don't know, maybe, I guess I say first time, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm ignorant to something, but, uh, first time I remember that, uh, like Philly really directly felt the impacts of global warming, right? Yeah. Like some places, California, um, have been like dealing, you know, other like coastal places have been dealing with this regularly, but like we got it head on about what our future might be like. Yeah. Doesn't, didn't look good. You picked the name after it happened though. You had already wrote the song. Yeah. So what, what made you tie, uh, tie the two together? It just, it just felt appropriate. Yeah. I don't know if there was something about the song that was like a little ominous, Mm -hmm. but but not sure. Right. Cause like we could have expected it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could have, I just never, I wouldn't have thought 76 would. Right. Right. Well, like, like we, in years past, it's always been like boathouse row and Kelly drive. Right. Cause they're right on the water. Right. And we don't think about six seventy six being right on the water since it, it still kind of is. And Philly is a city that's built between two waterways. Yeah. And that are connected to the ocean. Mm-hmm. Not very far. Yeah, we just don't think about being a coastal city or sure. or how most cities are built around like waterways and people that live in basements might not want to live in basements in the future. True, true. Well, I guess I didn't mean to like end the, yeah, the podcast on a dark note, but dark we can note. listen to this and decide if we want to talk more after this. Although, did you see that very light video of the guy doing a backflip into yeah. 676? Yeah. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> I'm not thinking about diseases that he has or anything. Right. Just being immortalized. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, that's, I think, I think that's like a great example of just like, you know, we're just like, you have to still find joy yeah. in day to day life. Going to backflip into some sewage. Have a good time <laughs> while I do it. All right. Let's listen to this piece. Yeah. The first time the highway flooded.
Or there? I mean, there are three tracks. There's three tracks. Switch. Cool. Yeah, like I said, uh, Koof and I were just like we got to the end of the piece, and, I, and there's other there's other tracks there too. So there's other tracks. There's yeah, always other tracks. There's more more music to listen. Yeah, to. Yeah, you can look around on that page forever. Cool. It's like Instagram, but with music. <laughs> no, no, probably not. <laughs> well, that was ominous. Um, so the end of all the other podcasts, I do uh, quote double time section that's like not as fast as you would think <laughs> that, that stupid joke <laughs> um, let's see if I can I like used to have like the questions in front of me and now I'm just like doing it off the top of my head so here, um, if you could have dinner with one musician throughout history who would it be Stevie Quincy Jones. Stevie Quincy Jones. Just actually Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones is half of Stevie Wonder. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Meaning most of his music is influenced, if not produced, by mm-hmm. what Quincy Jones knows. What What is it about Quincy Jones? Stevie Wonder? No. <laughs> um, so, like... I came into knowing about Quincy Jones actually from his album. He has a very hip hop album, mm-hmm. kind of similar to the vein where Miles Davis was going. But mm. I, my mom had this record growing up, and I was just really intrigued with it. And mm. I think it's called "Back on the Block." Mm-hmm. One song that's just back on the block, ready to something this soul, rhythm, and blues, bebop, and hip hop. And that was like that's that's it that's the music yeah that's all of them all of the music that i like not all yeah. of them but right what i grew up on yeah and then going back seeing that he produced stevie wonder michael jackson like some of the biggest songs right and then going even further back and reading like as a trumpet player reading clifford brown's biography mm-hmm. um and realizing that Quincy Jones was a trumpet player mm-hmm. in the same, in the, I think, Slide Hampton's big band. Right. And was on tour with Clifford Brown back in the day. Right. And just, yeah, his musicianship, his musicianship started early yeah. in an interesting fashion. And he continues to make good music. Yeah. Cool. Like, also, sorry, this is supposed to be double time, but also, no, we're, imagine we're what Clifford it. Brown would be into right now. Oh my gosh! Uh, I mean, I think about that. I think, what what would Lewis be doing? Yeah, Lewis Armstrong. Yeah. All right, double time. Double time. Yeah. Um, what about? Maybe it's the same answer. What about any musician through history that you want to play music with? <clears throat> That's a hard one. Um. Well, with the electronic setup that I have right now mm-hmm. and knowing a little bit about Miles meeting Hendrix and mm-hmm. them kind of planning to make music together, yeah. it'd be really interesting to see what Hendrix would do with a horn. Yeah. I mean, not what he would play on. Actually, what he would play on a horn, but also yeah. <laughs> just a duo with Jimi Hendrix. That, yeah, would, be that would be really amazing. interesting. What about, do you have a, a favorite venue to play in Philadelphia? Uh, I have two answers. My favorite, um, I think, is Union Transfer, but that's 
special occasion kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like I'm really in the... Although I just did the thing I played with um, Japanese Breakfast on their four, mm-hmm. five, five days in Philly. Cool. Um, but yeah, just the green room and the stage and the sound and the people that are there all seem like smaller venue people mm. that are just really not just but like really happy to be in a place that's run well and yeah. they all do their jobs really well and yeah nice what about like do you anywhere in the world you could play do you have like a dream place that you want to play everywhere everywhere yeah um no not specifically the pictures of red rocks look really cool right um and then Anywhere that was featured in the movie Highlander, mm. like any cliff <laughs> above the ocean would be yeah, great. Site specific. Yeah, get some yeah. like helicopters flying around. Nice. Yeah. Cool. And it's just me on a cliff. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. With some like drone footage. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> no, not a drone, a helicopter. I helicopter. want. I want it to be expensive. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Part of the appeal of the shot is knowing how that it costs, expensive and it costs like $20,000 yeah. to me. Yep. <laughs> nice. Cool. Um, this one's sort of, I think I like thought about putting this on my list of questions for this and I took it off because I thought it was too cliche, but I'm here. What's your favorite cheesesteak spot? Mm, it was Jim's for a while, partially because I'm, not really a, a deep cheesesteak person mm-hmm. um but now that i'm out in germantown i've been introduced to chubbies and delisandros mm-hmm. actually mostly chubbies because delisandros always has a line mm. and i'm not i'm not about lines you don't like lines yeah like i can get a cheesesteak anywhere why do i need to stand in line for it right literally across the street i can go to chubbies <laughs> and there's a delicious cheesesteak there you go yeah cool well, that's the podcast. Thanks for coming coming on, Koof. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I guess thanks for coming over. Thanks for yeah. me not having to leave my house. Absolutely. Koof yeah. and I are about to make some music together. So yeah. see you all next month. See you. Uh-huh. <laughs>